Welcome to the Filthy Spoon Podcast. I'm John. I'm Robert. And we have Brad Jones with us here today from Willow Creek Custom Calls. Uh, we're doing an on-site podcast out here at Farmer's Brewing. Pretty cool. They were generous enough to let us use the upstairs so we can get out of the way of their regular patrons. And uh, we couldn't be happier. Uh, great day out here. Not too hot. Plenty of cold beer. Rocking in the free world, man. For sure. And uh, as usual, big thanks to our sponsor. Yep, Superior Equipment Repair. The best place around to get your truck, equipment, Volkswagen, whatever you got, we work on it. And uh, this was a great week. We helped out a lot of folks this week. There are guys hauling bees back to North Dakota. It broke down, and we moved heaven and earth to make sure they got it done. And uh, I went to bed feeling well last night because it was a little bit of a shit show, but we got them out of there. They made their load, and uh, it's always good when you help a customer out like that. So give Superior a call. That's right. Uh, SuperiorEquipmentRepair.com. Yep. 24-7, we got you covered. So anyway, uh, we have our first guest on today. Right on, right yep. on. Yeah, thank, thank you guys for having me. Uh, uh, it's good to be back in kind of my old stopping grounds here in the North State, and I appreciate uh, you guys having me on. You know, I've been doing a lot of windshield time lately, so, uh, you know, I found you guys just kind of scrolling through podcasts and uh, uh, kind of starting to take a liking to you guys. So, awesome. That's why I reached out and sent you guys a message, you know, thanking you for your support, CWA, and uh, just being real, you know. Yeah, well, we appreciate it, man. You're the type of guy we're talking to, you know, and. You got a super cool story we're dying to hear about. And uh, like I said, we're right in your backyard, your stomping grounds where you grew up doing this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was about, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm 50 years old. So I think I started duck hunting in, uh, when I was about six. That, that put me uh, about 1978. I started coming up here with my dad. And uh, he, owned a, he owned a little duck club out of Lambertville, which is just a few miles up the road from here the, yeah uh, outside of princeton and um so we just you know i was i was dragging bb gun and hanging out with my dad and shoot they were shooting you know piles of ducks every day and yeah, back then it was like a lot then, of birds huh? back then the the late 70s the uh, lambertville the west side of sacramento just shot a lot of birds That's awesome, a lot man. of birds yeah, I can I can remember, you know, it was it was limits every day, and uh, and were those were those uh, Marsh Club then? It, yeah, so it's all so <clears throat> I'll just a little bit about Lambertville is uh, uh, there's a hundred duck clubs within a, about a seven thousand acre ranch, and the ranch uh, extends from kind of the northern Sacramento National Wildlife Refuge all the way to the Delavan. Uh, refuge. A big chunk of ground, yeah. Yeah, and the, basically there's a four-mile road splits right down the middle of it, and so there's about a hundred individual duck clubs. Uh, they range anywhere from 300 acres all the way down to, you know, all the way to like nine, ten acres. Oh, really? So you have some really small duck clubs. You have some fairly large duck clubs, and uh, over the years, you know, we've we've watched obviously there's less opportunity 
where, where duck hunters are more kind of concentrated now. Yeah. So now you have a lot of duck hunters in a 7,000 acre area in Lamberville. So, you know, as the years have progressed, the hunting has gotten worse. Kind of, you could say the same for anywhere. About anywhere, yeah. 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 So, uh, uh, it's crowded, but there's still good, good hunting opportunities on the west side. You know, uh, we just haven't had the water like, like we have a, had in the past this last year was a struggle but um, so we had a we had our we had a family duck club called the office duck club and it bordered the uh it was about one duck club away from uh, the southern end of the sacramento national wildlife refuge and uh, it was a 52 acre club and we had over the years we had a few members and owners and uh you know over the years they died off and kind of kind of when it all ended up you know our family owned half and another family owned the other half and um it's a it's a it's kind of a long unfortunate story that we lost the property due to um basically a criminal activity and uh so after 42 years we we lost our property and uh my fortunately my brother got into a really good club in the area so um and of course i i travel and hunt out of state quite a bit uh have a couple of duck boats and uh that's cool i didn't know that's why you do the delta and stuff yeah no no i I pretty much run oregon washington idaho salt lake Uh, oh you've hunted on the salt lake uh, all over the place that's awesome so um but you know one of the things i've noticed in, in recent years is is the amount of people that have moved out of California into other states, it's gotten more crowded. So I've actually kind of migrated back to California, <laughs> <laughs> of all things. I um, believe it. Yeah, well, I mean, we're corrupting this whole damn country, man. There ain't a state that ain't going to complain about us moving in there, screwing it up. And oh, yeah. no, Especially the West Coast. You we're know. screwing up every state. Yeah. Uh, so in 20 years, uh, California could be an awesome place to live because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we keep having net loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there won't be nobody here but us. So. <laughs> yeah, you go outside of California and uh, people really don't like Californians. Oh, yeah. So, um, but anyways, back to, back to my Lamberville story. And, and so anyways, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, um, it was a real family atmosphere there. Um, and it, it probably still is. I just haven't spent much time there, um, recently. And, and so it was usually my dad and my brother and I, and, uh, we'd go out and, you know, it was weekends, um, a lot of weekends, you know, back in the eighties everybody had jobs yeah and so the weekdays no one was really out hunting and, and we'd come up on the weekends you know after school or whatever and uh it'd be lights out yeah you know the hunting would be lights out and only only a few guys and you know, some of my older friends uh that have been in lamberville forever they they tell me that the weekday shoots back in the 80s were just phenomenal oh yeah there wasn't another gun within miles and <laughs> You, you know, uh, but it didn't affect you all the weekends at all. You had no clue. You got there and it was like you're uh, hunting the Wild West. And it, it, it was phenomenal. It was like, why would I ever leave this place? Yeah, that's awesome, man. You know, and, the way uh, it's so family orientated too. Your dad and your brother. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you know? yeah. My dad's name was Tom Jones, and <laughs> so he kind of had that classic name. And he ran around the valley here in the '50s and '60s, and 
you know, when the blue gum was still open yeah. above Willows. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, then you had the, the Butte City Bar. Oh, yeah. And, and you even had a bar in Princeton called the Duck Club Bar. And uh, that, the, those were, you know, and even before that, before I was even old enough to remember, there was actually a bar uh, right off of 99 and uh, Road 68, which is Norman Princeton Road. Yeah. Right at the corner of the Sacramento Refuge, there was an old train depot there. And, and the concrete foundation is still there today. When you go over the railroad tracks on Road 68 and 99, and that was a, it was like a train depot. That was a bar too. At one really? Point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, the history of that is is back in, you know, the early 1900s, turn of the century. Uh, guys in San Francisco would come up via train on the weekends, and that yeah. was that was the train stop. And and the Sac Refuge was actually a duck club back then. Oh, that's cool. I yeah. love them old stores. Yeah, yeah, they used to take the trains out everywhere. You know, that's how they went hunting. Yeah. Build oh, tracks yeah. right in the marsh. And, I mean, there's even duck hunting cars. They're shooting ducks out of cars, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and they would stop uh, They would stop at the Sassoon Marsh on the way out. Yeah. Drop off a load of duck hunters <laughs> there. And and uh, somehow these guys found their way up to Sacramento Valley. But that's that's how they uh, they went duck hunting on the, on the weekends. They'd be long weekends. But, yeah. So, <clears throat> anyway, so... So my dad and I uh, and my brother, we we come up on the weekends, and and, and the '80s turned into the '90s, and you know I was in high school and uh, college, and it was kind of the same thing. It was just live and breathe duck hunting, and but it was pretty much I was harbored to my own little duck club. You know, I didn't yeah. have the experiences of the refuge and public lands. All that stuff came later in life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it wasn't until. I would say the 90s were great, by the way. You know, we had, uh, we had great mallard populations uh, all the way up to the mid-90s. And then, um, I don't know if you were hunting then yet, but the, we had the, the, as soon as the, the spinning wing came out. Yeah. You know, we had a neighbor, uh, we had a neighbor that, that would kind of get our leftovers for years. I mean, we shot, the, we, were, we were the X. And then... This all of a sudden, this one year, our neighbor was absolutely clobbering them, <laughs> and it drove us crazy. <laughs> what the hell is he doing over there? And we fi- we finally saw <laughs> that thing flashing over there, and I mean, we were in the garage that afternoon trying to figure out how to make something that rotates and flashes, and you know, and I think the first guy to sell the uh, Robo Motors or whatever was the Napa Auto Parts store in Princeton. Really, you could buy. There's there. a million different stories about yeah. who actually started. Yeah, and uh, oh, and there's a million different guys that say they were the first ones yes. to have. Well, exactly. The, the goalposts I've heard has yeah. come out of yeah, because goalposts were before though, like Robo Duck, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are reusing them goalposts now. There's a guy I don't know if you saw him on Facebook. He's making the goalposts. Some dude out of Folsom, and he's remaking like the goalposts. Yeah, and yeah, and and they're very effective. Yeah, they're better than we don't use a lot of them no more. You're, him and I are kind of not gadgety guys, but yeah. uh, I can't imagine because I wasn't shit. I was being a dirtbag level friggin' two back in them days. Like, I hunted deer and turkey and stuff because I grew up in the hills, but I can't imagine what it must have been like when you, you know nobody ever saw anything like that. That had to been cooler than yeah. hell, man. Yeah, and and I know a few guys in the area had them on the same year uh, in the area. Uh, I have an older gentleman that I hunt with. Uh, Pretty religiously, we're 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 best of friends, and we we travel all over the place and hunt, and awesome. uh, we get to hunt, you know, duck clubs all out of state, and but.
but he was one of the early ones that had one. And really, uh, oh man, uh, you look at his 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 board, and it was just you know seven green, seven green, seven <laughs> green every day uh, for for each guy. How many years you known this guy? Uh, well, these are Lambertville guys, right? You know, so, so, so we you grew were, up around them. All. We we were kind of a community, and and there was a point in the. In kind of the the late '90s, where we started having dinners together and hanging out, and then all of a sudden, one guy starts going up to Washington to Eagle Lakes, and he's made friends with the owner, and so we're bringing groups up there. And that was really my first out-of-state hunting experience: is going to a flooded corn pond in Ooh. Eastern Washington. Yeah, yeah, we've been there. No, yeah. that place is something special. Yeah. It, it, it is, it is. And, you know, just like anything else, it's, it's changed as well. It's still absolutely phenomenal, special. But I would say in the early days, it was automatic. You went out there, you went to the their famous Triangle Pond. Yeah. And uh, yep. Yep. it was it was automatic. And, and you were lucky to get in there if you were the first guys in there. Yeah. But uh, uh, I know a lot of California guys that have had awesome awesome experience right, eagle lakes ought to fly a california flag over that lodge because that's what keeps that place open yeah we went up there we i don't think we talked to anybody that worked for california we were hanging out in the lodge drinking yeah. beer yeah yeah, yeah they uh they're one place that you're not going to get shaved for being from california no they, no they and like our money and they're just they're just awesome people no, they, were good. they were good as hell to us yeah, yeah. work super hard yeah, yeah. now they and we had we you know this guy here he uh, he picked all the dates I don't really blame him for all this, but I, I like giving him crap over it. We went on a full moon weekend in November. Yeah, that's a big no now. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know why. I we will now. We'll check moon phases, but we didn't. We went, okay, it's slow here. It's banging mallards up there, let's go. And we ended up first day we're supposed to hunt mallards. Well it was fogged in. And we actually got one of the Burnsons that took us. Mm-hmm. I that Tony was the name, yeah. wasn't it? And, uh, oh yeah, he's a he's a heck of a. Oh caller. yeah, he's a well, comedian. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. So they said, hey, ain't no point hunting ducks tomorrow. We're gonna go goose hunt. Yeah. So we did, and the fogged in, and said, once this fog burns off, we'll get them. And I I was skeptical. I was oh, like, I was too. Yeah, I'm like, like oh, okay, yeah, yeah, just our luck. We come up here, and it's gonna it's gonna suck. And you know, we got the fog, <laughs> and you know, drove 12 hours to get here. But uh, you all know, go on. Yeah. No. And then it. it it just kept coming. I mean, we'd hear them, but they weren't having nothing. It took, like, what, till 1 o'clock or something yeah. that fog burn off? And we didn't end up getting all our limits, but we were dang close. But we hunted dark to dark. Yeah. But uh, it was no fault of there, just the way it worked but out. But once that fog lifted. Uh, it was like a, like a light switch. Once yeah. that fog lifted, and you're right, he was a great caller. He Well, and it's so different than here in the rice, right, where they're, you know, you're calling them down and you're shooting them as they're coming down. Well, you you know if you've hunted these dry fields up there, they land them and then you shoot them as they're going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally different. And sometimes you hope that there's more coming down as they're going up. And yeah, yeah. But, I yeah. remember, you know, the the just you mentioned the fog, and I don't know, you know, in the '90s, the fog in the valley was kind of like um, the holy grail. If it was yeah. going to be foggy <laughs> for any period of time you had to be here and it was lights out you know we, we live for the fog in the 90s and we just don't see the fog like we used to uh, it's still you know we still get it but you know we don't get weeks and weeks of fog like we used to no we don't now yeah. robert hates fog i have a little more on the fence because i've had some good fog days and some bad fog days but uh 
And there's some science to hunting birds in the fog. There's, oh, yeah. You know, you can't just go out there and sit there and think you're going to kill birds in the fog. You got there's there's calling techniques and ah uh, there's certain ways to get certain birds down that'll bring other birds in and uh, there's a whole there's a whole science to it and oh that hell that's kind of cool yeah maybe change your mind on fog Robert. well I, I think location I mean is a location. huge deal so location's important mm-hmm. I mean if you can hear the birds in the fog the trick is to bring them to bring them down right yeah. bring them down and the only way that they're going to come down is they're going to hear you. Yeah, and if if you're a proficient caller, whether it's you know on the whistle or mallard call or you know, I mean, we back in the day we weren't really calling specs out of the fog. But yeah, uh, it's a lot different. Yeah, when yeah. specs one ain't like it is now. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's another cool thing about going up to Washington is killing all those honkers. And here, you don't see honkers like you used to. Yeah, yeah. not where we hunt yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah, you know, we're in District Ten and we're out by the Sutter Refuge and. I mean, in District 10, we might get one leaving Ellis Lake, the park that's, you know, got a friggin' heroin needle stuck in its friggin' gullet <laughs> or something. But, uh, no, we're not shooting, you know. Yeah, I mean, my opinion is why would you want to shoot those greasy pigs when you when got filet mignon spec here in the valley? Yeah, yeah, we, we love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, early season, that's our bread and butter, our D10 place. Yeah. This guy here, he smokes them, man. He's out there. He lives five minutes from it, and he's out there every chance he can. And yeah. We love it, man, the yeah. early year for them specs, you know. Yeah, spec hunting uh, has become kind of an addiction for me as well, you know. And, of course, I, you know, we haven't really even talked about duck calls, and we're missing a big part of my my yeah. story. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's the way this stuff goes. And, uh, we got we'll all get, day, We'll man. get back to it. Yeah. They ain't going to run out of beer. That's a brewery. We're all right. Yeah, so, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. So, so, you know, fast forward through the 90s, 2000s, we started traveling a little bit going on adventures and duck hunting out of state and you know um and then i started making duck calls about 2011 and uh i have a friend named yancey forrest knowles he's he's older guys uh, uh lots of people know him in the valley uh great guy uh he's known our family for 60 years and um, that's he, awesome. You got all these long connections. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And man. he, uh, he, he kind of, you know, we were out in the duck line one day. And we were talking about he was, he just got back from Louisiana, and he, he met this this guy, guy uh, uh, Dale Bordelain, and he kind of. Oh whitt- yeah. Yeah, he whittles. Uh, yeah, the uh, Bayou cane. Beast guy. Yes, yes, he kind of whittles his cane calls from hand. Well, Yancey had met him before internet, basically, and <laughs> you know he came back telling me the story and. And I said, you know, I've always kind of wanted to make a duck call because uh, I've always loved to call mallards. My brother was so good at it, and I always tried to get better than him. And, you know, and, and so Yancey just said, hey, why don't you just go buy a lathe, a cheap lathe, and, and give it a shot in your garage. And that's what I did. And, you know, one thing led to another. And uh, my, wi- my, wife, uh, my wife had my daughter, and... Uh, and I was doing a lot of salmon fishing at the time, and that was, you know, away from home. And I kind of just shifted my priorities and 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 my hobbies. And so I started yeah. making duck calls. And at first, I was making handmade wooden calls, and, uh, uh, barrels basically. And I was just like a lot of guys that start off. I was stuffing those echo inserts in them uh, because, in all honesty, making a tone board on a duck call is one of the hardest things. I've ever, I believe it. I've ever tried to do, and then to master it, 
you have to put in thousands of hours. I believe it. Yeah, there's nobody here. I mean, there's no call maker in existence that said, oh, yeah, I got it on the first try. It, it just doesn't happen, <laughs> no. you know. So, uh, and then out here on the West Coast, you know, there's it's not like Arkansas where you have these old-time, you know, Alan Bliven or any of the old, old call makers that were out there mentoring guys. You know, out here on the West Coast, you had you had um, um, Wellborn here in Calusa. Yeah. Okay. You had Iverson, and that was pretty much Emery Mitchell. He was uh, kind of a, 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 a North North Bay guy. Um, you had Joe Lairs. Oh yeah. And uh, there was a few other guys that were smaller that were making calls, but nobody that ever like had a breakthrough. Uh, or that lasted very long in the call making world. So we we don't we don't have mentors out here that are teaching you how to make calls, and uh, like you do in, in Arkansas in the in the Mississippi Flyway, because uh, it's it's a lifestyle out there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's a different world. So um, you know my first the, my first attempt at making duck calls was watching Rick Dunn from Echo Calls make one on YouTube. Really and. Uh, you know, I was kind of eyeballing the tools and the things I needed to to get from there, and and that's how it started. And, and uh, you know, I've I've spent thousands and thousands of hours trying to master the the tone board, and uh, I got a, a pretty good handle on it by now. Um, so, you know, it's just a hobby that that outside of my you know nine to five or nine to nine job. It, uh, it's just kind of created its, its own little monster, and I've I've had I've been blessed with lots of opportunity to meet guys from all over the Western United States and United States uh, just through the duck calls, and uh, it's been an incredible ride. And uh, you know I'm, I'm I, I, you know we've got um, so we've got Gene with Sutter Sutter Basin calls. Oh yeah, yeah, great guy. You know we. I follow him. I never talk. Yeah. He seems like a good guy. He is. He is. He is. And uh, a lot of knowledge of, of the area and, and the history and duck call making. And uh, so a lot of us, some of us call makers really get along. And then there's a couple that just I don't. It, we, we, you know, it's just like we don't pay any attention to each other. And, you know, you watch you watch like a guy like Brett Crow come in and, and take over the, the Lairs company. He's just done a tremendous job. Yeah. It's incredible, uh, you know how much popularity. But 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 Brett, Brett is so busy with his business. You know he's he's focused. Yeah, and it's know, zero not, advertising, zero. Right. You call, he answers. Yeah. Lars. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I need this. All right. You know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's just I blew one for twenty five years. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I'm no hater. Yeah. You know, and, and if and if a guy cannot blow a, a Willow Creek duck call. By all means, I point them in the direction of Alaris because there's different air presentations, different call makers, different air presentations. Oh, yeah. You know, the only way to find the right duck call for you is to find the right duck call for you. You got to yeah. try it out. You know, you're not born into blowing one certain brand. You 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 got to kind of just try them all. You know, if if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to figure out everything's different. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like a shotgun. You yeah. Know? And so we've been fortunate as call makers out here on the West Coast. We don't have a ton of competition like you do in in Arkansas and Mississippi. And I mean, there's every 
Tom, Dick, and Harry are making a duck haul out there right now. Oh, and yeah. there's some damn good ones, and there's some really bad ones. Yeah, I believe it. You know, you, sometimes you see these guys doing sound files on the internet, and you're just like, oof, ouch. Yeah, I bet. You know, well, you're trained here. I bet it's even worse yeah, than that. Yeah. You know? So, um, so I really encourage like the young, the young guys out there that that have an interest in it. You know, reach out because uh, you know there, it's it's a secret that uh, is not really a secret anymore. And it's it's um, I'm not protective of of what I have. You know, out here on the west. Yeah, you'd love some kid calling you. Yeah, oh, hey, absolutely. I'm doing this. How do I do this? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. give him advice. Or or even come over to the shop and uh, spin your own duck call. You know, I'll show yeah. you how to make a barrel. That's awesome. But I want to preserve this going on into the future. Yeah. Like what you're doing. Yeah. And your attitude towards it is awesome. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not trying to get rich off this deal. You're making <laughs> cool calls. He shit, you brought us two today, me and Robert. We couldn't be more thankful. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, don't know how to blow fucker do, yet, man. but I'll figure it out. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. So, uh, you know, for the for the kids out there that are listening, if if you ever got a you know interest in. Hopefully, I don't get flooded with uh, 200 folk calls. Right? <laughs> You're going to have every friggin' <laughs> hick kid and friggin' gridley calling you. Hey, man, can I come over? Yeah. You got any Cheez-Its? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Gummy bears. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, as, 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 as I kind of progress in the call making, uh, uh, I'm still to this day learning to, to master the art of duck call making. And, and I just purchased my first CNC machine. Oh uh, really? I'm gonna start doing that in house now. Oh awesome! Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've, I've done a lot of life changes lately, and one of them is is you know I'm all in for forever on the duck hall making, you know, um, uh, unless something happens in my new career. Uh, I'll just announce here. I mean, I recently took a position at California Waterfowl Association awesome. as a director of development, and it's been a lifelong passion of mine to give back to the resource that I've taken from for the last 42 years of duck hunting. Uh, and, you know, my older friends that have been involved with CWS or CWA, they have encouraged me over the years to be involved. And I told them that it's some day, some capacity, I will do something, whether it's a di- dinner chairman or if I were to ever strike it rich, I'd be a major donor or yeah, something like yeah. that. Well, I never struck it rich and, uh, 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 with kids and everything, being a, a dinner chairman just wasn't in the cards. So uh, this position came up, and uh, at this stage in my life, all the stars kind of lined up. My kid going into high school, and she's uh, she's on cruise control, and, and the blessing for my wife. And uh, I interviewed for the position, and, and the panel apparently liked me. And uh, so here I am. I'm, I'm after my first month with CWA, and. Congratulations, man! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That, yeah, as everybody knows, uh, Filthy Spoon's a huge, yes. you know, yes. oh, yeah. And that's how I found you guys. I yeah, we love CWA. He's here. doing some windshield time uh, <laughs> back and forth to Roseville here, and uh, listening to you guys on uh, on the podcast. And I'm like, hey, these guys are are NorCal, you know, uh, OGs, kind of sort of speak. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah that, that's that's why I reached out, and here I am, and. We're having a couple of uh, farmers. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's Beers all local here. stuff. I yeah. mean, for all you folks that moved out of state, we're still here having a freaking <laughs> awesome time, man. Got it's good only beer, good duck hunting. And yeah, yeah. Keep on moving out, yeah. man. We'll be the only ones here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, Brad, what is uh, director of development? What's just a 
yeah, general so overview? It, 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 it's kind of a... Um, so, obviously, CWA is a 501, uh, 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization. And uh, we raise money for uh, many different programs uh, with CWA. We have advocacy. We, we have wetland restoration. Uh, it, the spectrum is wide with CWA. Okay, we have hunt programs, and uh, we could talk about a whole pro- podcast on this. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And both well, our kids have been to the camps yeah, with them, and yeah, you know, we put in for the hunts every year. Yeah. And I mean, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. The youth program is huge with CWA. That's 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 our future, right? And it's important to me to you know my 14 year old daughter to get out there and do some youth hunting, and and uh, you know I support the veterans. Uh, yep, 110 percent. You know, through the duck call world and all that and also now with CWA but uh, uh, so director of development <clears throat> so my position is basically to be kind of the liaison between you the duck hunter donor uh, guy that wants to get involved and let's say John Carlson the president or Scott Mueller vice president of operations or Jake Mueller um, he's our CEO COO and uh you know, these guys, and honestly, I had no idea before I started with CWA how incredibly busy these guys are yeah. and how much is going on behind the scenes and how passionate. <clears throat> and that's one word that I'm going to drill drill home today is the passion that we all have. Oh, yeah. That's and why we're here, man. Yeah. Yep. It's and, June. And how passionate these guys are about what they're doing and, and, and trying to accomplish. Um, so... I'm kind of the guy that's going to be the connection between you, the donor, the member, uh, the average guy, the rich guy, whoever, and the organization um, to help develop relationships and you know be part of the family. Because I, you know at this point, CWA has grown into uh, a mini monster. I believe um, it. You know we're bigger than Delta Waterfowl. Really? Yes. Yes. Our wow, revenue, I had no idea. Our revenue is larger. And, and they're right on our butts. They're right on our butts. That's pretty impressive, though. We're it one kind, state. It, yeah, it kind of makes sense, though, when you think of California. Well, the population. Yeah. 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 Um, Delta has more employees, and they're spread out over more territory. But, um, you know, and they're, um, they're a little bit here in California. Yeah, yeah. I'm a member. Yeah. I'm a member and of all of them. You know, you know, CWA uh, does not look at DU or Delta as competitors or anything yep. like that. You know, we're all in this together. Um, you know, we some people you know ride the the DU the DU line only, and some people are Delta guys, and some people are all three. And um, you know, basically, everybody has the same amount of passion towards waterfowl, and so we're all nuts about what we do for to either give back or who we're a part of and and sometimes that that can that can get ugly in a conversation yeah. <laughs> yeah. between guys you're like yeah, you know i'm a i'm a du guy well i'm a cwa you know and, and really the bottom line is is uh, we're all in this together we are and, i agree and so i'm hoping to bring kind of a new light to cwa i know that you know there's there's Guys go to events, and you know, once a year they may go to an event, and that's all they see is, is this party and whatever. And um, 
you know, it's really much, much more than that. And all the different programs that CWA is doing for California and, um, and also outside of California. I mean, we have a whole legislator, uh, legislative department, Mark Henley, who's absolutely awesome. I mean, Tuesday we're gonna we have a we have a, a caucus day at at the at the state capitol, and I'm gonna bring my daughter, and we're gonna go talk to legislators about awesome. you know gun rights, hunting rights, water, mm-hmm. clamacy. I mean, there's just so there's much a million things. Yeah. yeah, and so you know you could be a member of CWA, and 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 really, if you want to channel your money towards advocacy or youth programs or the Wood Duck program, or you want to be a legacy member. Where you know you leave behind something in your name. Oh yeah. We have our Pintail Legacy Program. Uh, there's just so many different ways and programs to be involved, and um, you know I'm excited to be kind of kind of a part of it. Uh, uh, CWA's got all kinds of new and upcoming uh, uh, exciting things coming down the pipeline. We're going to get bigger. We're going to be better, and we're going to be more personable to to the Ducks. That's awesome, and you're the guy that's going to connect between the regular schmucks like us and the, the guys doing the real work fighting yeah. for our hunting heritage. Yeah. That's it, pretty freaking awesome, man. You landed a pretty cool job, dude. I did. I did. Uh, and, and when I saw it, when I saw the job description, I was like, hey, that, that is, that's Brad Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, <laughs> I do everything man. I can to get that job. And uh, So was this not a position before? Or did it was. So in the past, they, they've, had, um, they've had other people with with you know maybe fundraising degrees or you know non hunters oh yeah or maybe big game hunters or whatever and so um it, it's been a little bit of a struggle to get the position up and running and and producing like some of the guys at, at ducks unlimited or, or or delta have been very successful in this position so uh, uh my goal is to uh make it happen and uh i've got all the support uh, from uh, past and present uh, members and people at CWA, and um, we're just going to let her rip. Yeah, well, you got our support, man. I mean, this <laughs> Thank is, you. You're, you're doing the Lord's work in Thank our you. eyes, man. That's good stuff. And, it, it, you know, sometimes you talk to people, and they're like, oh, you know, there's shenanigans going on over there. There's this, that, and the other. And really, that's just uh, people that are uneducated on the subject. And, you know, we are completely 100% transparent. Uh, the annual reports. We have auditors in the building that are from outside companies. I mean, they're counting every single penny and where it's going. And I mean, I, I realized that the first day when I was like, <clears throat> "Hey, can I get a couple hats out of the warehouse?" You know, and you know, and we got to fill out this form and everything's tracked. And right. you know, it's not like yeah. the good old boy club where you just walk in the warehouse, yeah. grab a few hats, pass them out to your buddies. Well, that's good. You got to have accountability. You, you got to have it. accountability, and they are really strict about it. And uh, you know, your hard-earned dollar is going towards an organization that is, is not blowing it, so to speak. And that's how, I mean, I read all that, that stuff, and yeah. that's why, I mean, I've been a life member, I don't know, a few years now. Yeah. But I've been a member for 12, 15 years, I don't know how long, maybe less, I don't know. And I've always felt they were honest. There's been times where DU has pissed me off with some things they do. I, I'm a member still. But uh, I felt the, like when they remember when they send those stupid return address labels, and I'm like, stop <laughs> mailing me this garbage, dude. Put I, this money somewhere. I love those things because I use them to this day. <laughs> I use them too. <laughs> well, if I didn't have to move so much, I would be too. But uh, anyway, I've always felt CWA was genuine and honest, and I've never like had a bad experience at a dinner 
you know, my kid at the camp down there. I mean, it's just always been a really good feeling organization to, you know, be involved with. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I like becoming a life member to me. It was like, hey, no, this is the one thing that I I trust these guys. Yeah. They're, they're going to put my money to good work. Yeah, and I, be, I became a life member uh, maybe 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, something like that. And really, it's uh, honestly, it's convenient, so I don't have to freaking sign up again every no, year. No, no, yeah, that's that's part of the reason I did it. You and know, and it you just, get all the mailers to all the events and the magazine, and you, it's just, you, you know, you're up to date. And, and so. it really ain't that much. And they have a program where you're not forking out a G once at, all at once. No, you can you do, can, uh, so now the newest one is, uh, I think it's 86 bucks a month for, for a year. You know, and what... I mean, I spend more than that on a, on, a, on a tank of gas. I spend more than that on beer a week. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, and, it, I, and it's incredible. I mean, how many guys that aren't members, not even, you know, a $35 a year membership that, that hunt, that are maniac hunters, and, and they're not they're, they're not just don't under, I, yeah. You know, I, some people, I just, I don't think they understand the importance of this stuff. Yes. They're as passionate about the waterfowl as we are, but if, like CWA and others are doing this shit on the back end. Yeah, we're not going yeah. to have this. Yeah. so we all have to yeah. do our part. And, and, and like your one of your previous podcasts, you know, Australia is a great example. Oh yeah, of what's going on over there. And um, so we're definitely on on the front line here. And um, you know, and if anybody has any questions, you know, feel free to call me at, at, at uh, during normal business hours. Cool. Or Monday yeah, you got a number, you know. Just, yeah, my regular cell phone number, it's 510-610-7625, and uh, you guys want to talk ducks, CWA, duck calls, whatever, I'm, I'm here, you know, um, obviously on the duck call front, uh, I moonlight nights and weekends, you know, I don't, I don't sit at home. Uh, eight to five on Monday through Friday making duck calls. Yeah, 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 that's your side, <laughs> yeah, 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 so, um, you know, I'm always... I'm always on the phone. I'm always talking, yik-yakking. So uh, one or two more guys give me a call to talk ducks and duck calls. Is yeah, not when, a, when you meet, like, we didn't know you two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, you reached out to us on Instagram. We, we talked, yeah. got a little bit of rapport going. And yeah. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. You know, and it's like. And we are, honestly, duck hunters are our own worst enemy when it comes to different Facebook groups. And <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Lord. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other project. John's been banned from uh, <laughs> most of the Valley groups, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. I'm just too nice, you know? Yeah. And um, really, you know, we're all a brotherhood, sisterhood, you know, trying to accomplish the same thing and, and bagging some ducks and having a good time on the weekends or whenever. And, and we all got crazy passions. And, and I think... Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and go, can we all get along? But <laughs> but at the same time, can we all get along? Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I know what I do when I go to the refuge, and it looks like a prison yard when you oh, walk up to the stand. I start my jokes and talking. Before you know long, most people will loosen up. You know, it's, a lot of us are just intimidated or whatever. Right. Some people are super experienced. Other people aren't. It's Everybody just kind of holds their guard. I start joking and talking. Before you know it, everybody's freaking And just remember this. Everybody is the world's best duck hunter. Yep. Well, so yep. I have to throw John under the bus. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Remember a couple years ago, you and I were at a refuge for a dove hunt, and and we we scouted out. We always go the weekend before and scout out for these, you know, dove opener. Mm-hmm. And we go the weekend before. We see this field, dove all over the place. We're like, this is gonna be rocking. 
It's right Super by the close, close zone. Yeah. Right by the close zone, but not in the close zone. So we set up, and this dude is out there, and he's clearly lost. And he's like, are we allowed to hunt here? He's asking John. And John's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, why is everyone there? And he points north where, where this tree line that's always a popular place on this refuge. And, and John, because <laughs> they're idiots. <laughs> he goes, they're, all these, he goes, I'm telling you, this is the best spot to be on this refuge. This place is, he goes, we scouted out. He goes, all, the, all these people, they think they got to go to that tree line. This is the number one spot. You can't get any. You're lucky you ran into us. You're allowed to hunt here. Like, you got it made. Well, John? Well, then the guy looked at me like I was deranged and wandered off. And if I remember right, I don't think we shot shit that day. No, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the best thing you can do in a, in a public situation if a guy stumbles across you is invite him to join you. That's what we do. I mean, I how many times do uh, buddies whatever we've all done it where we've just kind of invited somebody and all of a sudden you their buddy their new friend yep. you know yep or they're or they are a jackass and you don't ever want to see them then again you know then but, you know yeah but, but until they do that yeah right we've right. done that and i don't know if you were there that year there's one night in the parking lot i met some guys the night before they're from the bay they didn't know where we were at and i called and told them my plan and all this and there's three of them and we were sleeping in the parking lot they ended up, uh, hey, just hunt with us, man. We smoked them. Yeah. They were cool guys. I mean, I didn't get their numbers or anything, but they were cool as hell. We were all, yeah, that was just a great time. And, I mean, I didn't know these guys. That could have been a, you know, a yeah. douche and treated them, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll go back to the bay. No, hey, yeah. 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 Well, no, you be nice to people. It friggin', you know. It pays off. And it, I remember when I first started going to the refuge, it's friggin' intimidating if you don't know. There's all this stuff, and everybody's so, like I say, nobody's helpful. Nobody's, the, the check station people are sometimes rude. Be nice to people, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We, we all got the same goal in mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You, who knows? You might meet your best friend, you know? Yeah. Or a future, ex, and we, and we know, future ex-brother-in-law or something. We all invest more than we can spend. Yes. Uh, we all invest more time than we should. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> my, my wife uh, calls it waterfowl widow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. During the duck season, she's a waterfowl widow. Yeah. Well, I didn't get married late until late in life uh, just because of waterfowl hunting. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to weed through them until you find one that's going to stick gonna with you. Going to put up with it. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of... I mean, we got a couple of members in our club that way, you know, and they just... Yeah. Yeah. They don't and have it's the great free to see, room to do it. It's great to see more women... Joining their husbands and, and boyfriends and what yeah, and yeah. whatnot, it's it's kind of cool to see, uh, you know the uh, the one the the female out in the marsh now. You know I, I really respect that and I like to see it and uh, yeah yeah both are we both got daughters they mm -hmm. hunt uh, Robert's wife Amanda hunts yep, yep. my daughter hunts you know, as well um, yep. yeah it's uh, my, my wife has never hunted without me. She, like, she's she, yeah. she doesn't have that drive to just go out by herself, yeah. you know? Like, she doesn't. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, my wife doesn't work. Like, if she's a stay-at-home mom, if I was a stay-at-home dad, what do you think I'd be doing for three <laughs> Dude, months? Dude, would be every day, yeah. <laughs> my daughter ended up, you know, as she got later in high school, started going to the refuge with friends by herself and stuff. You know, that's pretty cool. I'm curious. that I got to blab about it again. She's going to the Navy. 
So I'm wondering where she's going to get stationed. She's going to be able to duck hunt somewhere. So you like, hey, maybe old Pops will come out and visit you. We can go hunt wherever you're at. Yeah, I know, I know the Air Force has some pretty awesome bases next to some good duck hunting. Yeah. I don't know about the Navy, though. Wa- Washington. You can go up by Seattle. They got the nuke base there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I know that. She's supposed to be on a carrier, so I don't know what you're going to be hunting out there. Uh, Virginia. Virginia, yeah. But she's going to be in, well, this is kind of cool. She's going to training in Pensacola. And uh, a guy I met when I was in Mexico last year lives in South Alabama. And he told me, hey, you're going to visit her? Come up here. You can shoot wood ducks with me. And it's about an hour and a half away. And yeah, perfect. How cool would that be? That man? would be so, cool. That would you know, be cool. Because you're a traveling hunter, and it's fun. I'm the same way. We got our same blinds. We got our routine, and we do it. But we love getting out of the box, going new places to hunt. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And every year, you know, traveling... Uh, you meet new people, you get new experiences. Uh, this year, I was, I mean, you talk about lucky. Um, I was invited to hunt a pretty exclusive place, and uh, I, got to, I got to meet. I didn't get to hunt with them, but I, I got to hang out and, and, and socialize with Buck Gardner. Really? Know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a really special day. I was able to bring... You know, three buddies with me, and really, and uh, it just all kind of lined up. Uh, you know, being in the right place at the right time, knowing the right people, and 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 honestly, in the waterfowl world, is so small. And if you burn somebody in the waterfowl world, yep, yep. you're done. You're done. You know, I mean, I this, the amount of stories I hear out there, different guys doing the shenanigans or whatever. You know, that sticks with you, and it's your reputation, whether you're a guide or just a regular hunter. I mean, there's some real dirtbag stories out there, and I've just tried to be a good steward of the of the sport my whole life, and you know, try to get along with everybody. I do have maybe a couple enemies out there, uh, and and you couple enemies know who you are, so <laughs> I won't even bother. <laughs> if I had to guess, they're probably friggin' dirtbags anyway. By the fact <laughs> that way you carry yourself since we met you, anyhow. <laughs> so, uh, but but outside of that, you know, I. It's important for me to, uh, to represent the sport, um, you know, with a little bit of class and dignity, dignity uh, because everybody knows everybody, and you know, uh, you basically don't don't want to shit in your own backyard when it comes 100%. to uh, waterfowl hunting, because it'll come back to bite you. That's life in general, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm the same way in my business. We work on trucks. Mm-hmm. It's word of mouth. Yeah, I take care of this guy, then this guy, this yeah. guy. You know, I, I want a reputation of being a stand-up guy. And, you know, all us waterfowlers should want that, too. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, shooting ducks that I see. I've had instances where I've hunted with guys where public ground, and there's birds working into them. And we might have been able to shoot them on the swing. They're calling them. They're working them. I believe it alone. Yep. It's not worth it. Right, right. You yeah, know, there's, I, there's etiquette that I, I still learn. You know, I mean... I'm 50 years old, been doing it 42 years, and I'm still learning every duck season. You know, there's certain things. Uh, I know I made a mistake uh, last year. Uh, I, was, I was running up the river in the fog, and there was a blind that I wanted to try to get to. Uh, someone was in, and I, I didn't know that they were in it. And I, honestly, I was going a little too fast, and uh, uh, I felt like I was far far away enough. And, you know, I saw the I saw the... The, the light from the blind and I made the turn well I guess you know my wake uh, uh, you know shifted all their decoys and you know uh, uh, splashed their blind a little bit and so I got a little bit of heat for that 
but uh, it was an honest mistake. And, yeah, stuff and, happens. And, and it happens. But, you know, uh, just something like that, you know, that, that can follow you around if you're not careful. And I think it's important just to just try to be um, a good steward in the, in the sport of waterfowl. And, you know, I mean, we could talk all day long about high shooting and, and, yeah. and yeah. sub gauges and all that. And <laughs> those are all things you learn as you get older. You know, uh, I, I haven't touched a 12 gauge in years. I shoot a 20 gauge. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah. Uh, like it or not, I shoot a Benelli. Oh, I love it. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm left-handed. and Oh, you're left-handed too. Uh, you I didn't am. tell me that. So am I. <laughs> you know, uh, um, and so, uh, by the way, I think, and I don't know, uh, hopefully I'm not saying this, uh, misspeaking, but I think Benelli quit making left-handed guns. That's what's going on. I can't find them yeah. on the website. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so I just bought one of the last ones, <laughs> and I sent it to Rob Roberts to have it tricked out. Oh, awesome! I want to do that. Man. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, so um, I've I've thought about going twenty eight as my next. Yeah, gun. so I bought uh, just recently because um, uh, I have a house out of state. Uh, I'm not going to name the state or where it's at, but uh, uh, that's where I do a lot of my duck hunting, and so uh, I keep I keep a couple shotguns in a safe there, and. Um, and so I needed California guns because now I'm, I'm going to really be in California a lot more. And I wanted to have some guns here. So I, I bought a 20-gauge and a 28-gauge. And to be honest with you, that 28-gauge pattern, it's unbelievable. Really? really? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah. kind of 28? Uh, a Pinelli. The but it's right-handed? You just it, it is right-handed. I shot it right-handed for the same ever, way. For I, I don't know if we talked about this, but... My biggest mistake was buying a left-handed gun. Yeah. Even before I knew any better, it didn't matter. Yeah. But then when I swap back and forth between right and left, then I get my safety messed up. Yeah. I, it doesn't bother me, but uh, the powder burns on the right-handed gun, you know. Yeah. On, on, uh, yeah. So hopefully on a 20-gauge, you don't get as much powder in your eyes. So, um, so yeah. So uh, a couple of new Benelli's this year and back in California and... Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I had the, I had an awesome opportunity this year. I got to, to guide a couple of Camp Pendleton um, Marines yeah. at, at a special place. Uh, I'm sure they'd rather remain unnamed, but a special place, a lot of history. Uh, uh, it was just a great opportunity to see a new new property. And by the way, there are some amazing properties here in California oh, yeah. that, that most yeah. of the population doesn't Don't even know about. Yes. that exist and uh, to just get that opportunity to take a couple active military guys young guys uh, special mallard hunt you know and uh, uh, we shot a bunch of greenheads and one of the one of the kids got a banded mallard and that really was, that oh, was, that's it was awesome. awesome was that on the uh, regular season or veterans it was hunt the weekend? Vet- veteran nice. weekend yeah so on the veterans hunt weekend uh, a couple guys in my club were, were veterans and we have this kind of uh, invite that's happened the last couple of years to another club in Yuba County. And uh, this last veterans hunt, we shot, uh, the three of us, we shot a band, band of mallard. Yeah, each, right? Yeah, each. Yeah, I heard yeah, you three. talk about, I think, in, in one of the other Yeah, podcasts. pretty wild. Yeah. If I didn't see it, I'd say it was bullshit. Yeah. That was pretty freaking cool, Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah we, we could talk about crazy duck. I mean, there's so many crazy duck hunting stories oh, yeah. out there. <laughs> You know, um, just one I got to put out there. It's, it's to yeah, this day we'll it, man. blows my mind. So, um, oh, it was probably 15 years ago. We were uh, um, uh, we were hunting my club, and um, my buddy shot 
uh, a mallard and kind of crippled it. So he had to go across the pond with his dog to go get it. And so when he was walking across the pond, there was a group of uh, flight ship, uh, courtship widgeon kind of doing their thing, right? Yeah. And so he was why he wasn't paying attention. He was walking. So um, so I whistled really loud at him. I said, hey! And, you know, he looks up and, and he, he pulls up and he scotch doubles on a pair of <laughs> Drake widgeon. I hear him over there screaming and yelling. I'm like, what the hell's going on over there, you know? And and so he, he's he's holding them up in the air, and I can't see. He's across the pond, <laughs> yeah. right? And he's screaming, yelling. I'm like, yeah, man, cool. You guys got double, right? <laughs> no big deal, whatever. Stoked for the guy. So he comes back to the blind. He's got a Scotch double Drake Eurasian widgeon. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, fully plumed out. <laughs> yeah, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And, and this was a wild guy. They're a little more prominent now, but back then, that was, was wild. super rare. Yeah, and we were shooting yeah. them, uh, you know, we we killed seven off of our uh, our property um, over the years in the early 2000s. So um, they were they were kind of doing the Sacramento refuge thing. They were yeah. a little bit on the west side. They're a little more a little more prevalent now. But yeah, it's a crazy. I got a picture of it. I'll show you off. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that. Podcast, man. but uh, that's awesome. You know, and, and this guy is the same guy that 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 caught a salmon from the beach striper fishing, and he hooked a. He hooked a, a, a broken leader that was through a salmon's mouth <laughs> in the eye of the, uh, Yeah, I wouldn't believe it either until he took a picture, you know, off the beach, striper fishing with a hair razor, and he hooked a salmon through a, through a leader. Uh, a <laughs> leader, a little the eye of the leader that on broke. a salmon, yeah. Man, I mean, that's some shit house luck, right? right? Sounds so, like bass at our club. That guy, he's lucky as hell. Like that. That's yeah, awesome. What do you shoot, two? Two bands and a group of three that came in and missed the I third. Was, I was just a pair of ballards that come uh, in and they're both banded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are yeah. the odds of that? Yeah, and they one was banned in Oregon, one Nevada. We already talked about this on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like what are the odds of that? And, uh, yeah, I, you know, and, and the the one thing on my bucket list I, I've never never shot is a uh, is a hybrid. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, it's a lot of my buddies have shot pintail mallard hot yep. hybrids or yeah. region hybrids. That'd be a cool one. Though. It would be, and the, and the odds are defying to even kill one. So, a friend of mine, he shot. It was a hen, but it was a hybrid between a, a blue wing cinnamon and a or a blue wing and a cinnamon. cinnamon. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. Yeah. He ended up getting a mallard. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, um, you know, right now. Uh, uh, looking forward to different kind of life changes. And yeah, no, it looks like you got a cool job. Man. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting more people and, and obviously raising money for CWA and, Heck yeah. um, you know, new experiences, new adventures. And, you know, I encourage everybody to go out there and just try something new. And, um, you know, this year was the first time I did a, I did a spec hunt with uh, Rocky Merlot. Oh yeah. really? And yeah. uh, wow, what an operation he's got going over there. Yeah, Robert was up there last year. Yeah, those yeah. guys know what's going on. They up do, there. and yep. they're they're damn good callers, and uh, you know they manage it well. Yeah. And uh, you know I got I got nothing bad to say about that operation. Boy, they they really put the wood to him, and uh, you know, and Rocky too. He he gives back to the back to the resource. You know he's. He's CWA. He bleeds CWA, yeah. and he donates back, and he does what he can. And you know, we just we just appreciate everybody that that 
that does all that. So. Heck yeah, and while, while I get it, I'm giving a plug. Uh, Superior Equipment Repair has been a pretty big donor of CWA over the years. Uh, a lot of it uh, is in my name for credit, but the company's <laughs> foot the bill for most of that. And yeah, we've bought a table up at Fall River for, I want to say, the last six years, and we're going to keep doing it. We do an annual duck hunt for yeah. the Northeast opener up there. The owner of the company yeah. grew up in Redding and always hunted up there. And he started bringing us along, and the guys at the shop that hunt, we go up there. So we've had a dinner, and we uh, we have a blast. We we spend a lot of money up there, you know, yeah, yeah. for working guy money anyway. But yeah, we've had some guys go home and their wife matter in hell because they're broke, you know. <laughs> but uh, hey, this place, this place here, this farmer's brewery, this would be a great place to have an event. This would for, be an awesome real, place yeah. to have an yeah. event. I, and I bet you they would be all for it. They. I think they collaborate with you guys, right? Yeah. Oh, for yeah. the winter migration beer? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I think it's in the cars in the future. I think a, a nice little intimate event here with a bunch of duck hunters. And, I think so. Uh, this would be, be a great spot. Would be great, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For cool sure. It's, we're right in the heart of uh, rice country, and it's amazing. You know, I went out to uh, Stuttgart, Arkansas for the World Duck Calling Championships a few years ago, and I swear... Stuttgart and Calusa are like twin cities. Oh yeah, I, so it's I always incredible. say Calusa is Stuttgart or uh, California. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, it's incredible. I mean, even the the rice silos and the and the way the fields look and everything, and you just kind of feel like you're you're back in Calusa when you go to Stuttgart. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So many folks have no idea. Even still, we'll get message on Instagram of yeah, you know, younger guys, or whatever. They don't even know that we duck hunt out here, you know? Yeah. The younger generation. Obviously, the more seasoned people all know California's, you know, yeah. one of the top states. But it's amazing yeah. the hunting culture that we have here that and a lot of people don't even know exists. And we're starting to get a little more respect out of it. Uh, you start, you know, you start talking to the guys from, from the south and everything. There's some guys, there's some call makers. There's people that come up here to shoot specs. Yep. Yeah, that would never have come to California right. in the past. Exactly. We, I mean, we have specs, we have pentails, we have some of the coolest birds. Yeah, we got everything. Yeah, you know? and, and we have liberal limits, and yep. a lot of that has to do with, again, you know, our organizations that fight for our, you know, hard science and our rights, and you know, it's it's a constant battle. And uh, hey, we got it here. We're not shooting four mallards here. We're shooting seven. Yep. For now. Yep. <laughs> you know. For now. Yep. And it's yeah, and it. What's the spec limit? Ten. Ten. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You go to Texas, you can shoot two. Yeah. You know, I, it's you know, it's pretty awesome out here. It surprises a lot of people that you know don't know. Just think that we're Hall Hollywood out here. Yeah. You know? well, well, Brad, <laughs> as you were describing the uh, the you know how there's really not a lot of call makers here on the West Coast, um, waterfowl gear and companies in general are really geared towards the South and Mississippi Flyway and. Uh, even some of the East Coast stuff, there's not a whole lot of. I mean, there's some yeah. certainly, yeah. Yeah. But it, California is kind of its an anomaly. It, it really is. You know, even the the Pacific Flyway is kind yeah. of a, an anomaly. But you know, as as far as calls to, you know, I I try to specifically gear my spec call to California marsh hunting over yeah. water. You know, it's kind of it's got a little bit different tone. Um, you know, my mallard call, the, the, the one that's really on fire right now is the West Coast Cutdown. And basically what it is is, is a cross between a, a traditional cutdown and, and, and a regular J-frame duck call. Really? Uh, and it's, uh, that thing is, that thing's wild. It's a big bore. 
Uh, if, you, if you can blow a call pretty good, it, it, it does everything it needs to do. Well, I got one of Kim McCullough's, you know, cut yeah. down. Oh, I yeah. think they've a ton of air to run. A ton of air. ton of air. And, I, you know, and that's that's part of being a call maker and trying to design something that that someone else doesn't have. You know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's why that's why Joe Lairs is such a pioneer. I mean, look, you tear his duck call apart, there's no one else that made duck calls like him. Yeah. You know, the, the way the tone board comes out and, and the wedge and everything and, you know, the precision machining and everything. And, the, you know, that's that, that's 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 what a, a, an industry leader needs to do Yeah, is to be um, kind of creative. And, and and there's plenty of copycats out there. And oh, yeah. They just say, oh, that works. We'll run with that. Right. We'll call it something else. Right. But, yeah. Right. But, yeah, I haven't heard, you know, a call like that, especially a hybrid one like that, a West Coast one. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm dying to hear one in action. You probably got a sound file or something we can listen to, huh? Yeah, not really. You know, I, um, so for so they take there. There's a lot of hand things going on to make one of those. Yeah, and uh, I've kind of been under the radar with them just because um, it was like kind of a buddy. Hey, I got this call, and we, you know, my buddies would run them or whatever. But but now I kind of let the that the cat out of the bag. Yeah. And, you, you know, I brought, I brought a few them. to the Sassoon Marsh Day just last weekend, and uh, they were, like, the first three that went, you know. Really? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Kind of testing the water. seemed like you might have a market for it, though. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, when I first started making duck calls, I was like, hey, you know, sticking an echo insert into it and sell it as fast as I could. And really, if, if, if you're going to start a company, especially nowadays, with so so competitive, you better make sure your product is like number one yeah you know because you can't just make something that's close to good you better be number one yeah there's so much stuff yeah. there's so many resources yeah. and yeah they ain't yeah. like the internet you're going to talk some guy at a table and buy yeah. it they can look him up and so hey, this guy's a fraud you know so the duck call spec call that was yesterday is not the same as the one i'm making right. today you know i'm calling no, i'm dying to go practice that thing at home yeah yeah, I, I'd seen him freaking cry by the way I operated the call he made. But I am ex- next time you see me, I'm going to run that thing properly. <laughs> We're going to make John do uh, five minutes of spec calling on the podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, let's go ahead and get ran well, off. Well, well, We're going to throw it off our freaking Spotify. We do the, that. The thing for me is, uh, I wanted to make a spec call that uh, you know old guys could run. Guys that don't have a lot of air to push. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it took a quite a bit of engineering and figuring it out. And uh, it, it's fun to hear, you know, a 70-year-old guy go, hey, man, I killed, you know, 10 more specs this year than I did last year because I could actually blow the thing, you know. Yeah, no, that's cooler than hell. Yeah, man. I, yeah I love to hear the stories. And, and the know. engineering, you know, I'm a mechanic of trade. So, the, you know, the engineering and the messing around and, ah, oh, that ain't right and doing this. All the behind-the-scenes stuff that you know, like, take probably takes you like what years to develop the years, way you want. Hours and years. So think of it as a musical instrument. You know, like a clarinet has a reed, yeah, in it and it's vibrating. So the same thing with a duck call or a goose call is you got this reed that's dancing up and down on top of the tone board, and even the slightest, you know, millimeter, even even I, you know, we talk about. Um, hundred thousandths of an inch really can make a difference you know when you start getting into machining you're talking hundred thousandths oh yeah of an inch ten thousand yeah you know so you know one swipe of the sandpaper will change yeah the, yeah. Sa- the sound so to know where to where to swipe what to do 
where to do it. It's just hours and hours and hours figuring out, unless you have a mentor to to just show you everything. Yeah, you know. So, well, I think it's awesome the way you've done it. Like I said, you you watch a it's, video on YouTube. It's been 100% organic, and that's that's awesome. You know, and I just grow a little bit every year, a little bit more, a little bit more, and. Uh, last year was crazy, and, and these guys, you know, every duck hunter waits till duck season to buy a duck. Oh yeah, everybody does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, and then, then they want it tomorrow. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so. Uh, well, well, we talked about that quite a bit, just about how most guys, it, what September, October, they're like, yeah. oh, it's it's duck season. Time I every to get year ready. I get up. Hey, do you know where any blinds are in September? Like, yeah. <laughs> talk to me in freaking January, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're thinking about I'd it all year find round. one, but if it's available, I'm sure it's not very good. And here's the other thing is is everybody's thinking about duck hunting 365 days a year now. Most, most There's of a them. lot more of us, you know, guys like us right. that are living, breathing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm now I am almost uh, every day thinking about it. And uh, I love it. I couldn't be well, more excited. Especially now with what yeah. you do for a living. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. You're thinking about it all the time. So know? now's the time to buy your gear. Yeah, you know? heck yeah. Yeah, I mean, August is usually when the industry starts launching whatever the new products yeah. are and stuff. But I know right now is when I buy shells and stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, they start getting back in stock. And, like, you know, I shoot a lot of boss. And they got everything you want right now. I just bought a, you know, a case of 10 gauge. Yeah, I need to do that. I need to get it online and... I shoot boss as well. Yeah, you know? I love it. He's too cheap, but uh, yeah, I well, shoot. All the uh, money you spend on on, on blind and gear, yep. and, and then you go cheap on the shells. That's you know? him. He kills them though, so I can't bitch. But well, he I, is just, a, he I just is a wait till they're, uh, you know. Yeah, he basically lands them on his shoulder like parrots most of the time. But uh, <laughs> you know what I do need to do though, what? dude. I got to get some uh, dove ammo. Remember last year? Uh, I, I seen Durham guns. Okay. Had 20 gauge in stock. Last year I had to shoot a 12 gauge. I felt yep, like so I was I. butchering these poor birds, you know. So did super I. unethical. But I did see Durham gun had 20 gauge. Hey, you're you're heading by there. If you're open, you ought to swing by. Yeah. Yeah, I need All some right. 20 gauge. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, I'm I'm looking forward to dove season this year. I've been going out of state and. Oh really? Uh, Where are you going? I usually, I go to Idaho. You know, getting. Bodied. I didn't even know they had much dove hunting up there. They right? don't. They really don't. I, and I'm not just saying that. But <laughs> it's more of a fishing trip than anything. We ah. just, we, you know. But really, uh, California has some incredible dove hunting. Oh yeah, it's just unbelievable. And you start heading uh, south of the state, it gets you know pretty dang good. Yeah, you know? yeah. We do good. We have good years and bad years, but we always. Last year was okay. It yeah. wasn't lights out, but. We just love it. It's uh, I've always described it as the Daytona 500 for hunters. Yeah. You know, first time you get your gun out, we're actually you know, shooting stuff. And yeah. yeah. We love it. We look forward to it. It's one year. Every job I've ever got, I said, I won't be there September 1st. Yeah. You know where they're crazy about it is Texas. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, it's, it's like a religion there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those, those boys out there, they... They drop everything and they close up shop and oh yeah, whole know, towns will shut down. Yeah, and they'll put they'll put a hundred guys in a field. And yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> That's I the think. one cool thing about dove hunting because when it's good, it's good. Yeah. So like you know with duck hunts, yeah, you you probably heard us talk about this. We want to hunt two, three in our blinds the way it is. You know, it's enough for everybody to get some birds and have fun. When it's on with dove hunting, the more the better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's you know it's a party. It's a party. You know. Yeah, and, uh, 
We're, we're, we're inviting some guy. Too bad you're going to be out of state. We'd let you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm actually going to be back in California this year. But, uh, you know, because of my job, I can't just... I can't just run around like a like a wild man anymore. So, I eh, just call in sick, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's it on yeah. this day? Yeah, I think that, it's a that, Thursday or something this that, year. That's a real good look. Yeah. Hey, hey, the CWA guy is taking all these days yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, the CWA yeah. guy calls in sick September first this yeah. year. <laughs> I think it's a Friday this year, so it's gonna be pretty crowded. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Because it's right. and then that Labor means day next weekend year will be a is a Friday Saturday. before Labor yeah. Day. Oh yeah, it'll be packed. Speaking of speaking of Texas, I got my first uh, uh, duck hunting experience out of Texas, at a private club. A California guy moved out there, and he he's building a, an empire duck club, basically. Oh wow! Out there, yeah, it's pretty cool. Young guy, and uh, uh, he's done well for himself, and he's just making making an amazing place. And uh, really down like north towards the Gulf, or no, no, he's up in the north part of the state oh. by, by the Oklahoma border. Oh, really? Yeah, there's been a lot more ducks in that area over the last 10, 15 years, I've heard, than there ever was. Yeah, it has to do with agricultural practices yeah. and all that. So, yeah, pretty cool. I mean, there's, you know, and that's kind of the way of the future is, is these super properties that are sprouting up all over the United States. You know, they're holding birds and, you know, uh, fortunately, fortunately, it provides good habitat for the birds yep. but unfortunately it, it keeps them concentrated um so it's kind of a double-edged sword yeah unless you got a buddy that owns one yeah, <laughs> yeah then it's the best <laughs> thing ever yeah yeah exactly well i don't want to like rehash the entire thing that we talked about on australia but with that uh double-edged sword you know it, it's like unless you you have to have participation and you have to have a culture of, of yeah. hunting or else it'll go away eventually yeah. so you can't just you know there has to be some some way to get access to people for for duck hunting to stay yeah 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 completely yeah and, and it's funny you know just even here and um you know i live in the bay area and and my daughter goes to a, a, a pretty progressive school yeah and uh you know and when when these parents are asking me what do i do and you know i tell them i work for a, a non-profit wildlife conservation organization and you know we're trying to protect wetlands and heritage and they're like what kind of heritage you know I'm like hunting heritage you know like, you see their eyebrows kind of raise up i bet yeah you know, we don't deal a lot about that but yeah i but bet I that think, must be tough i i think i think the message just has to be delivered correctly to these people yep. and and uh um it's amazing the acceptance you get once once they find out that their you know 13 year old classmates been out um, shooting a shotgun for most of her teenage life uh, that sits next to their, their little Johnny in class. Yeah, and nicer and great kid uh, right, and everything else. Right. Like, oh, really? They're not all savages, right, you know? Right, So yeah. um, it's just, you know, people just need to be educated on the, on the subject and uh, hopefully as we all become better stewards of the, of the sport, you know, we teach these people who we are and what we are. You know, and uh, for example, CWA takes um, uh, biology, biology students from UC Davis duck hunting That's that awesome. have never yeah. been duck hunting so that they understand what it's all about. And, that's and it's been very successful. Yeah, the term hook and bullet biologist yes. is something that, you know, is, yes. it's kind of gone nowadays, you know. Right. 
And that is so good that they're doing that to see it. It's like, hey, you know, this is pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Well, I might not want to do it again, but I can understand why somebody would. And, and we talked and, about that program because those students are likely going to be working for agencies in the future or nonprofits that have some kind of either regulatory power or advocacy power in this. Right. Game wardens. Right. Wardens, yeah. yeah. The ones that run the refuges. You know, some of them might, you know, they're more pro. They might even be applying at CWA, you know. Yeah, and I will say that there's, uh, you know, one of the game wardens that I know up here in Northern California, She, she's a duck hunter. That's awesome. And, and she, is, she will come and talk to you, and she's awesome. And um, she's a great representation of, of uh, California Department of Fish and Wildlife. That's good. You know, and if you ever get to, to meet her, and she's... She, I haven't met she, a gal... Yeah, we have a good relationship with the game wardens. That we have there's one in our D probably we've talked to, and another one in our Sutter. And there's even feds out there by Sutter. Yeah. Her name is Bree. I, I don't recall her last name, but um, we'll keep an eye out for her. Yeah, if ever yeah every every August we have the Calusa Duck Hauling Championship. Oh yeah, that. we were out there last year, Robert yeah. and I were. So she came by the, the duck haul booth and and hung out and talked and cool. I mean, just you know, that's that's kind of the face of what government organi- organization should be should be doing right yes. you know and and uh I, my hat's off to her you know i appreciated the time she spent like an hour at the booth just talking talking duck hunting and really yeah that's yeah. cool yeah and being a being a steward basically yeah and that's what we're doing you know yeah. I, I say we always have a good relationship with the game awards we run across and we like it you know it's, a lot of people see them as the enemy I've never had a bad experience with one personally. Um, I've heard horror stories. Yeah, he's gone now. <laughs> yeah, thank God. He retired. Thank no, but, God. But, but uh, uh, every time I've been stopped by a game warden, it's been, you know, a pleasant experience. I always thank them for their job and what they're doing. Oh yeah. Because it's important. It's very important. And it's know? tough. And like I see, you're out there by yourself, confronting armed people. Right. Where you can put them in jail, yeah, no, that's a it's yeah. not a job anybody can do. So yeah. we respect the hell out of them. And I always buy that sticker you get online, that game warden deal. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, I I support it. You know, they're they're doing the Lord's work in my mind. And yeah, we support them. They're still gonna pull you over with that sticker. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. And there's a lot of people that, in fact, they might pull you over more because they think you're trying to buy them off. Right. <laughs> thank God I hunt clean. Well, they got shook down by some feds last year, and that was a little unnerving, but they didn't do nothing. Well, if you behave right, you got say, to I, we, we had nothing to hide, but they come in kind of hot and heavy, and it was a super good day, and we, we had limits, but we were all legit, because that's yeah. how we hunt. And uh, But they come in hot and heavy, and they're making sure we weren't able to hide nothing and everything, and they, we just showed it all, and... I they remember, were on their way. I remember back in the 80s, there was a, a federal game warden out of uh, Chico, and he smoked cigarettes. And uh, we, were out, we were out hunting one day, and I could smell cigarettes. <laughs> and I knew nobody in the area smoked cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> and I even looked at my brother, and I said, I, I think there's a game warden in the bushes. And he thought I was nuts. And I swear to God, not 10 minutes later, out comes federal game warden from Chico. And, uh, yeah, no, we were all good, thankfully, but... Just, I mean, cigarette gave them away. That's funny. That, you know, that's why I chew, man. I always <laughs> say if you're smoking, you're joking. <laughs> Guys that work to smoke, you know, I chew because i got to work while I'm, you know, doing this horrible habit that's going to kill me one day. 
and uh yeah smoking that's pretty funny though. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it used to be back you know quite a while ago you'd be behind a car you smell a cigarette right oh yeah now everywhere you go you smell weed yep 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. it's a diff totally different world than we grew up in well kind of funny you know yeah this last night at graduation the uh, gridley police were there and uh they kicked somebody out of the stand for smoking weed in the damn stand at the graduation. Yeah, because yeah, they think it's all right. Yeah, I'm glad the cops kicked him out, but it's like, what society do you think this is normal? I'm sitting in a grandstand at graduation, well, and I'm gonna find. <laughs> I didn't bring any beer. <laughs> right, right. You know what right, I mean? Right. So it's like I don't understand this mindset. And, uh, well, I think you and I have talked about it, John, but when they legalized weed, people started treating it like cigarettes, not alcohol. Yeah. They sold it under the premise that it would be treated like alcohol but really it's treated like cigarettes yeah or if you go to nevada city california which is my home county you can walk down the street smoking a joint hey nobody gonna say nothing you have a cigarette oh god you're killing people you yeah. know it's just <laughs> crazy world we live in but shit, we're running on ain't we how long we we're over an hour yeah you got well, anything else you want to say brad um not really i mean well, we could talk about a million different things. We could, man. Well, maybe we can get you back on one day. <laughs> sure. Yeah, for sure. Sure. This is cool, man. You're always I, welcome. I, I want to bring man. you out. I want to see you run that call at our in D10 early season, man. <laughs> You're around. That'd be awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, lo I love calling those spec bellies. Yeah, well, we'd love to see it, I, man. I we got the spot for it. I tell you what. Um, one of the funnest uh, waterfowl uh, species to hunt is the brant goose. Really? You know, and uh, we did that down in Mexico for quite a few years, and um, I do have a brand call. I, I honestly can say it's the best brand call on the market. That's awesome. No I haven't heard a lot of folks making no, brand calls. Yeah, no one can touch it. I mean, it's it's so freaking deadly. It's stupid. But, um, you know, I sell a lot of them up there to, to northern Alaska, to the, yeah. to the tribes. and They have their substance food program and everything going on right now, and uh, but that's that's a whole nother story. But the the uh, the brant goose hunting is a lot like shooting mallards. You really? hit, you hit them with a call and they just bank and right here yeah. they come. Not every time, of course. Yeah. But nothing is nothing's absolute. Especially especially in California. I mean, there's so much competition and, and whatnot. And those, so I, those guys that brant hunt, they're they're it's like a religion to them. So where do they do it? Yeah. On the northwest coast of California, they shoot them right on the beach or something up yeah. there. Yeah, there's different bays and stuff where the eel grass is present, and you know I'm not even gonna list them because no, I, I don't blame you. These guys, I don't blame. I don't want to give anybody spot away. I just <laughs> they, they live and breathe brand these guys. If, if you could send us the GPS coordinates, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I I know a guy that knows a guy, and he talked about taking me up there. And I said, yeah, I'll go do it. You know, you should you should do it. It's and you don't even have to go up there. I mean, there's San Catin, Mexico, and. Um, there's lots of opportunity down there and, and 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 the good thing about down there is they are uh more protective of the of the species than they used to be that's good you but know it's hard to get it's, that in their culture down there it's all changed yeah well yeah. They, they they've seen what what happens if it's mismanaged so because it's their money their yeah. livelihood they yeah. want us coming down there spending money yeah if we kill them all we're not going yeah. down there no more you yeah. know the tacos yeah. are good, but you ain't gonna fly down there just to eat tacos, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, all I can all I can recommend to the to the younger guys and even us is go out and try different things in the waterfowl world and Heck yeah. just don't waste all your time just stomping out your rice blind and 
sitting there on a, a bluebird sunny morning and nothing's ever going to happen, you know. Uh, it's a big wild world. And it ain't just what you're going to shoot. The yeah. amount of people you meet doing this, yeah. like the way you have, you travel way more than I have. Yeah. But the little bit I've done, I mean, I've met, you know, some lifelong people. I'm probably going to talk to the rest of my life. I got invites to Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas, yeah. folks I met hunting in different spots. And yeah. You can't replace that. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. You know? No, the brotherhood of duck hunting is, is or waterfowl hunting is, is incredible. Yep. You know, and just, just don't, don't be a jerk. I agree. <laughs> 100%. So I guess that's it. We're, uh, yep. Robert, he probably drank about a half a beer. I had three or four. I think Brad had one, maybe. Uh, the old Quaker, he's half let loose beer. today, though. So, uh, yeah, these city guys don't quite drink. Can't keep going guys. Hey, this, uh, this hey, i got to ride home. My daughter's coming to get me. I'm this right. farmer's light, man. It's good. It's for yeah. light beer. This stuff yeah. is primo. I oh, love man. it. Uh, it is good. I'm almost glad I quit drinking Bud Light. I don't know if my checking account is, but uh, this is good stuff, yeah. man. I like it. And we can't be more appreciative that they let us come up here in the little area to do this. We're over low. We'll take a couple pictures, put them on the uh, Facebook or the Instagram page before we leave. Yep. But no, it's cool. Good time. Ain't too yeah. hot today. Yeah, let me just uh, do a selfless pl- plug yeah, here. Yeah, please. Guys, yeah. Hell yeah. If you Give guys want to go to uh, uh, www.willowcreekcustomcalls.com, I got a nice little website there. You can always call me. And um, the best time to get a hold of me is, you know, talk duck calls is uh you know after six seven o'clock i'm in the shop till usually nine ten o'clock at night really you know and then i'm up bright and early and you got an understanding wife put putting the other hat on well i mean it's important to, to have balance and uh, you know we we somehow make it work <clears throat> that's know, awesome tw- 20 years of, of balancing act and she's got an incredibly busy career herself so wow sweet it's um, awesome. You know, we, we make it happen some somehow, some way. Well, that's good. Well, hey, we're going to give you plugs on the show all the time. You're a friend of the well, show I, now. I'd love to come back. And, uh, Heck yeah. Know, there's, there's lots of stories. You know, one of my favorite topics to talk about is hunting accidents. Mm. And I've mentioned this before in other podcasts that I've known. Is, um, the, it's kind of been uh, a mental note thing for me over the years is the different blind accidents and whatnot and you know sometime we we could talk about that um, that'd be a good one we robert and i are actually talking about that this week and uh that'd be a yeah. great thing and we next time we talk and we're gonna talk about yeah. it yeah between and the i've had it happen with complete rookies i've yep. had it happen with the biggest veteran you would ever think yep me too so yes sir i i think you're right it's very important it, yes sir it is because it can go from a great day to a real bad quick real bad real quick oh yeah and unexpectedly, most yes. most of the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's. Yeah. Nobody yeah. means to do any of this stuff that happens, and you know. So always point your gun away from somebody, but we will definitely elaborate more. That'd be a great one. We got all summer, man. So yeah, I'm sure you'll want to make pilgrimage up here. This first time you had farmers ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I grew up uh, uh, shooting ducks. You know, as a crow flies, probably five miles from here. Imagine this place is here. Then this place is. Yeah, there'd be bar fights in here. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in, in my, you know, uh, before I was a building contractor, I, w- I actually worked for uh, a brewery, Heineken USA. And, oh, really? Uh, so I was in the beer business for, for a good long while. Really? And yeah, this, that's kind of where, where, you know, I learned about beer and business skills and all that. And so it's kind of neat to come into a, a small version of, of 
of a brewery. Yeah, yeah. And it's a pretty big brewery, actually. Right, for these little breweries, this one is a big one. Yeah. Uh, this building's huge. It, it wasn't here three years ago. Right. It just, bam, and, they, and they're available from, I think, the Oregon border to Bakersfield. And I heard they're getting into Nevada. I mean, they, they tapped into something. And they're right in the heart of duck hunting country. Oh, yeah, they're for it. They put honkers on their cans. Yeah. They, you know, yeah. got a pheasant. Yeah. got a pheasant. Yeah. I mean, these, I don't know who the hell owned it. Some farmer guy. Uh, we're on his land. Uh, obviously, he he had a good idea. Good beer. you got to have a good product. And, uh, yes, sir. We like it. So, But anyway, I guess that's it. I'm sure I probably got to take a leak, man. Yeah, I'm ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this has been an awesome show. We can't thank yeah, you enough for coming you up here, Brad. Yeah. Like I say, we'll we'll have you on anytime you want to make a ride up here. We we'll figure it out. Dude. Absolutely. I'll be so, I'll be up in the North State yep. a bunch, and yep. there's there's some other characters I know that we ought to we ought to get on here. Oh, bring them on in, man. Yep. We love talking to anybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. And your office ain't but ten minutes from our shop. Dude. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, CWA needs an oil change in them Ford pickups. Bring them on by. How, how about a podcast in, in CWA sometime in the that office? Would there. Would awesome. yeah, we we have, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. We could have some special guests. It yeah. would. Yeah. And that John Carlson guy, I he's followed me on Instagram for a couple of years. Back and forth, obviously, I follow him. He seems like a cool guy. He, he is absolutely a gem. It just, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know him, obviously, only from Instagram. He just seems like a genuine guy. He loves fishing, it looks like. Yeah. Super family guy. Yeah. Just looks like a good oh, guy. His, his son is just a, a maniac trapping skeet. Really? Yeah, yeah, he's like 21 years old, and he's just, just a crack shot. Oh, that's awesome. So. Well, good. I want to take him hunting, and he can shoot the bird I shoot at. Yeah. Well, he gets, <laughs> he gets lots of, John, you get lots of opportunities, so. <laughs> Well, all right, man. Well, this has been a great episode, and uh, we're all going to go hit the head, and we will talk to you soon. Y'all have a good week. Bye.